You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, and happy Debsumber. You heard it right. It is Debsumber, and we are going to talk about how to start 2023. Now, this is my third annual start in Debsumber. Uh, this started in 2020 because we couldn't get rid of 2020 fast enough. And I'm excited to have such wonderful guests for my third annual Let's Kick Off the Year Early show. I just realized I've called this show like three different things, but that's okay. I'm Deb. If you know me, you are completely following this. If you're not following this, you'll catch up, I'm sure. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. And I specialize in team building workshops and event outcome optimization. Uh, you can't get what you want by yourself. You need your friends, you need your peers, you need to constantly be in that mode of education, information, and people. And every Monday, I bring in three friends to dive into the topic of the week. And I've got, boy, do I have great friends today. Uh, Grace Chiriani, who's a co-founder of Gatherly, who I just met this year. This is funny. I've got a friend I met this year, last year, and the year before. So uh, I was going to say decades because each year feels like a decade. But I, I love that I've met so many wonderful people over the last three years. Uh, so Chris is here. Also, Annie P. Ruggles, the Dean of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy. So excited to have you here, Annie. And Keith Spiro, Mr. Communicast himself, who remembers the very first Actually, you've been on all three, this start 2020, three. whatever now, shows. So oh, welcome. Very excited to have you all. I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves because, as usual, I have said nothing. Uh, Chris, welcome. Please tell everybody who you are, why you're here, and so excited to get on with it into the new year. Well, thanks so much, Deb. I'm Chris, one of the co-founders and CEO of Gatherly. We help make your virtual events way more engaging. Think of it like a birthday party that you walk into online. You don't want to have one person talk and everybody listen. You'd rather be able to get to meet some people. So, so much of that, we help facilitate trade shows, conferences, poster fairs, you name it. We help make event host lives a lot easier. For me, excited to be on the show today to talk a little bit, like you said, about some of the challenges from last year, some of the, or this year, I guess, some of the challenges from this year, some of the successes, and how we can pull that over into, into next year. Awesome. Um, and we were talking before the show that we never really catch up unless I'm interviewing you. So I think that should be a goal is to have a conversation with people not watching us, you know, this year, next year, whatever. I'm really excited that that we met this year and that you're here to celebrate the new year with us. And Annie, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thanks, Deb. And, and everybody, I always love to tell the story about how we met. We were at a networking event together, but we didn't meet. But you saw in the chat that I introduced myself as Deb from the Deb Method. And yep. you said, I need to know anybody who's going to advocate for themselves so hard they name their method after themselves. Like, I, I need to be friends with that person. Yes. And, and you that's were right. And, and I was a billion percent right. And here we are. And you just developmental edited my new book. So hi, y'all. I'm Annie P. Ruggles. I am a Deb Eckerling super fan. I am also the founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and the host of the podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit, 
trying to bring some less stuffy material into the B2B space so we can bust through stigmas and get people selling as their wonderful selves, not as the horrible ways they may or may not have been taught to sell. Well, I'm excited because I think sales as a goal is something everybody, if they're not having it as a goal, they're not really telling. If they're an entrepreneur or a consultant or whatever, sales needs to be a goal because you have no sales, you have no business. Correct. So I sounded like I was being like interviewed on the stand, like, Ms. Ruggles, <laughs> do you agree that if you do not sell? Yes, Your Honor, I do concur. Awesome. So we will dive more into that. And Keith Spiro, Good lovely evening. to see you. Keith Spiro here, Communicast and uh, Business Strategist Community Builder. What does that mean, right? But I've spent three years now. This is the third time I'm coming on to your show. I love the fact that Deb Sember gives us an extra month to make the next year really fly. Well, and that's really the point, right? When you get a running start into anything, you are more likely to set your up, yourself up for success. Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of the Deb method. Another super fan just for you. Awesome. I love it. I feel like it's like the Deb fan club show. But of course, I am a fan of you all, which is why you are here celebrating with me. So, we, and we've touched upon this a little bit, but so Chris, tell me, why are you so excited to get a jump on the new year? Man, this, this is a, it's a good question. Um, and it's something that I'm still working through, to be frank. So I'll give you like the, the abridged notes right now. I think there's a lot of upcoming changes that are, see, oh, let's, let's start with the new year by focusing on this year. I think there's a lot of changes that our business had to go through this year. A lot of adjustments that we had that were planned and completely unplanned. And I'm sure that's not a surprise to anybody. And I think we've taken a lot of learnings from what we've done this year. And I'm really excited for not quite a blank slate, but call it a new slate to go ahead and just apply everything that we've screwed up and everything that we've done well and take it to a completely new like customer base, you know, investors, whoever it might be. Um, and start, you know, like a, a fresh train there, right? Even if it's not necessarily so fresh. Awesome. And, and we, we've got some some other super fans here. I need to do a shout out to our friend, John Chen, another new friend this year. Uh, John is the master of engaging virtual meetings. And like so many other awesome people I've met this year, it's one of those, how have we not met before? we met over the summer. And Ryan Swantrum, I want to give you a shout out because he said it's December. Let's go. Love the enthusiasm. And we've got George Finkelman as well, giving us smile emojis, <laughs> emoji smiles. So can't get enough of that. I'm thrilled that you're all so enthusiastic and excited about starting the new year. Annie, tell me, why are you excited to get rolling into 2023 because uh, uh, 2022 like all years was a roller coaster of really awesome stuff and not so great stuff like chris said there was a lot of learnings this year and chris i love the way that you said in both your planned and your unplanned uh i think this year i allowed more unplanned which in itself was an unlearning for me uh, to stop being so rigid in my over management of myself and to sort of just allow me to create again. And uh, that wasn't without challenge. It was a hard mindset year, but a great output year. And because I took some big leaps, I am more excited than ever to put out what I'm putting out into the world. So I'm excited for December to usher in a not clean slate, but a new level. I love that, that you change that, that it is the new level because we want to keep leveling up because if we're not, what is the point? Right. And I, I don't regret the missteps I made last year. I regret not brushing my hair before some live streams that I was on that I didn't know would be on video. Like, sure. I regret those things, but but everything else I did, I did with the best of intentions and as solid a strategy as I could muster at the time. 
so I don't want to blank slate it because then I don't carry any of my hard earned mistakes with me. And there's way more potential for me to reinvent the wheel. And similarly, to forget my own tenacity, right? Like this was a really ick mindset year for me for a lot of this year. And I got myself through that with the help of loving and supportive friends and clients like you, Deb. But it, and I don't want to discount that at all, but I need those learnings too. I need the soft skills too. I need to remember who got me through this year. Me. Absolutely. Where, where are those gold stars? Those ever important? Because in, in whether you're listening to this as the Dev show or you're watching us live or the replay, you get a gold star because you made it. You're here. And woohoo. Enthusiasm, enthusiasm, enthusiasm. So Keith, tell us again, why are you so thrilled to be celebrating this turn of year again early? Well, it's also a lot of what Chris and Annie said. You know, it's I, I would use the word noise. This, this past year, a lot of noise all around us, change, confusion. It started with the pandemic or we rolled beyond that. But why I'm excited is because we're at the tipping point. And this is an opportunity for a much better year coming up. Take those learnings that we've had, look at what's worked well, move that a step, drop the things that didn't work. So I really see us at a tipping point and having an extra 30 days to test before we actually call it New Year's is kind of a nice jump start. And for all those purists who believe the year actually starts in January, don't worry, I've got you covered. I actually start the year twice. So in December, we talk about things like vision and mission. And then in January, we're going to talk specifically about professional goals, personal goals, and speaking goals. Um, so those are the three topics beyond the kickoff parties at the beginning of each month. So we, we've said <laughs> we've had to make a lot of lemonade this year. Um, so what uh, do you think was your biggest challenge this past year, Keith? My biggest challenge was staying true to, I always use three words to guide me. The one that worked best was fluid because it was a lot of change and it was a way to get around it. But the challenges came from really trying to transform things and not just do things the way they were. And I don't control much. And what we find is you, you've got to go with the flow sometimes or you've got to deal with things as they happen. And so that was, to me, the, my single biggest challenge was staying on top of the things where I could truly see transformation. And remind me, what were those three words? So they were transform, they were fluid, and they were scribe. Scribe was to keep track of what was happening. And also because of the journalism that I brought to bear, moving from content and media and kind of blurring the line between the two. Got it. So like everybody, some successful, some less successful. Did you pick your three words for next year yet? I mean, for this year. Sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> You're asking me that question. Yes. Do you okay. have Because your... Annie was raising her hand, so I was going to defer immediately. But no, the answer is I've got it down to four. I'm kind of thinking about it. And I was hoping tonight we could figure out the best of the uh, the ones that I'm questioning. Well, no better time than now. What All are right, those four words? And we'll get you down to three. Sure. So it's learn, share, delight, and magical. Okay. So I have an opinion, but uh, Annie or Chris, do you want to say something first? Team delight. One vote delight. Hardcore. I'll back up the delight vote, right? I mean, it's like the work to live or live to work, right? And I would hope you're working to live, so delight. Well, he gets three. Is that correct, Keith? And that you're, is you're trying. And this is my thought. Um, I love delight as well, and I think delight and magical—they're similar and different, right? So I would say do delight magical and come up with a completely different third word. Exactly. And that's so delight. I added about a half hour ago because <laughs> de 
you know, magical has worked because it's it's the thing that transforms and it's, it's trying to be active each year. So I said, oh, I've, I've got this one. I've got magical. I've got learn, share, learn, share. Yeah, we do that all the time. It makes a lot of sense. But when delight popped into my head a little while ago, and particularly thinking in terms of clients, right? I do a lot of consulting. I do a lot of business strategy and contributor advisor advisory types of roles. If I can delight a client, if I can help them do something magical, that's a win. That's one of the biggest wins I could look for in 2023. So I'm going to take those two and uh, look for January 1st at 12.01 a.m. And we'll figure out what the third one is. Okay, then. So, so Chris and Annie, do you do the three words for the year thing? So I don't, I don't mean to flex your dad, but I do one word. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what? Me, I'll, I'll clarify. I'll clarify. Um, I shouldn't say one word. I should say one theme, right? And this actually comes from Charles, who has been on your show before, right? An old college right. friend of mine. Um, he sent over a video about theme years, right? And the principle of the video was saying, like, look, like I, like many others, used to keep this very long laundry list of New Year's goals that would be lost somewhere in a desk drawer by January fourteenth or fifteenth, right? So Charles introduced this concept, old college friend of mine, he introduced this concept of theme years where you say, okay, this year I'm going to focus on health, knowledge, discipline, whatever it might be, right? Um, If in case Charles is coming onto your show later, I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler for him. I think his word this year is independent or upcoming year will be independence. Um, We were actually talking about this two nights ago. So I've been deciding on mine. I'm between um, discipline and the... uh, correct grammar form of like being adaptive right so those are the two ones that i'm um i'm debating flexibility i guess right like one close flexibility so those are the two that i'm uh, debating between right now leaning a little bit towards discipline but hopefully that gives a little bit of of color on on what i'm thinking so for last year wasn't it learn for me i think last year was learn for me right i'm just like am i remembering this or did you just send it to me (laughs) In my eyes. No, I, 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 I was actually kind of surprised. I don't think we talked about this. <laughs> you just guessed it correctly. <laughs> wow. And so how did last year learn work for you? <laughs> it worked very well, but by no means of my, my own. Um, I think I learned the most from my unplanned, what I was talking about earlier, right? I had a lot of like, you know, like I think good opportunities to learn intentionally right like my girlfriend and I started a book club where we've been trading like book recommendations and things like that like there's like small like activities like that that I think were very intentional about learning on the other hand the biggest learnings that I've had were when I was knocked on my butt 20 times this year from something that was like coming from like two blocks away and I had no idea it was coming right so very successful whether or not I had a say in that I don't know but you know we can keep that one aside excellent so your biggest challenge from the last year was just getting up or getting up from being knocked on your, on your tushy probably isn't a challenge for you because as an entrepreneur, as a change maker, you know, if you don't try, if you don't fail, you don't win. Right. Yeah. I I think it's like stick to itness, right. Or like resiliency is like the one thing that I was like, I had to keep going back to that. Well, like that personal well this year. Um, And in reflection, I'm, I'm very proud of how that turned out. No, again, I wouldn't give myself the credit. I would give it to like my support network of, you know, like friends, family, mentors, like that. That circle is like what really keeps me chugging along through like all the nonsense that that can happen in a given year. Got it. But you're here and you're excited and we get a brand new year, either that started a few days ago or that starts in a month, depending on your calendar. Um, So Annie, um, you want to start with your words or you want to start with your biggest challenge from last year? since we're all over the place, but it's a party. It is a party. It's, you know, so some year I have had words and some years I have not had words. And this year, because I've been running a pop culture, small business podcast for two years, very not surprisingly, I had a pop culture quote as my like fixture lighthouse of the year. Uh, which was from the West Wing, and it was Let Barlet Be Barlet. So for anybody out there who has seen the West Wing, it's the theory of like when you try to rein in Jed Bartlett, 
president, Josiah Bartlett, excuse me. Um, it does not go well because in order for him to connect, he really needs to be in his own essence. Um, and that sort of came through in all my work this year where I was being very, um, very much me fully in my very controlled bubbles and with my clients. So they would get like the full Annie experience. Um, but then my copy or my content would be just a little bit more safe. Right. And so I was like, well, what would happen if I let Bartlett be Bartlett? Now, as of December 5th, I have not elected a phrase or beacon of next year. I am taking consideration. I, I'm taking nominations on that. I have a nomination. Salesspirational. Well, word that Deb yes, invented. that was my nomination. Yes, there we go. Deb has invented the word for me, salespirational, and it may very much uh, become the word of this year. Yes. And honestly, my biggest challenge is, my biggest challenge this year was optimism, which is interesting for a human who self-identifies as a Muppet, right? In terms of the fact that I tend to be pretty sunny side, but how I feel about people and my belief in other people and how I feel about my ability to serve people doesn't always translate when you're playing the long game. And relationship selling can be a long game. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. And that reflects in my own business, right? Or building this novella from idea to fruition took many, many pivots. And in each of those pivots, even though, again, I was beautifully supported, there's a risk there. And I'm a professional strategist. I've been a professional strategist for more than a decade. My clients pay me to help them avoid costly mistakes. That's challenging, though, because you see landmines everywhere where they aren't necessarily. And so what would happen is I would kneecap myself. And this wasn't just this year. This was creeping on over many years now that I've diagnosed the problem, right? But I'd get excited about something. And then almost instantaneously, my strategy brain would kick in and tell me why not to do it. And I made safer choices because of that. And I think my business suffered because of that. Until I latched on to let Bartlett be Bartlett and was like, listen, you got to make these decisions anyway. You're either going to be optimistic and just do the dang thing. Or you can keep foreboding joy, hedging your bets, whatever you want to call it. But that's what I definitely struggled with uh, throughout this year, but more so at the beginning of the year. Well, I think you're doing awesome. And I think it's the perfect time to tell people about your book. Okay. I'm sorry. Your salespirational creative nonfiction novella. God, that's just so long. Uh, yes. So it is called The Coach Who Would Not Sell. It is a noir-inspired strategy novella and companion guide. Uh, as Deb put it so beautifully in our pre-chat, I uh, stand in the shoes of a woman who did one step further than I have so many times, right on the cusp of old yellering my business, but never quite pulling the trigger. Uh, but I asked myself, what would it feel like to actually kill my business? And what could I do to bring myself back from that brink? And so that is how the coach who would not sell came with like Deb popping in and out of it, making it better 57 times between points A and B. It started as a romance novel. It ended as a noir, you know, the unplanned, Chris, the unplanned. Well, and the thing that that you're missing from the description is, and you can go to sellcoachcell.com. Oh, yes. And put in, Deb sent me. Yes. Oh, it's underneath me. Yes. yes. Go to Deb Coach Sell. No, Deb Coach Sell. No, Sell Coach. <laughs> go to sellcoachcell.com and use the code. Deb sent me. I'm so excited about promoting my novella. I forget how to speak. The other part that I wanted to add to is so it's the challenges of this coach who killed this fictional air quotes for those who are listening coach. And then you set the coach straight with hips and advice and practical exercises to get them out of their head and away from da stranger danger. Basically, yes. And coach fatales. 
Thank you for the sound effects. Well, we've talked about the challenges for the years. So let's talk about the joys. Is that your joy, Annie, or do you have something else? My joy is definitely how much I've created this year. I didn't know anybody who's a podcaster. I did not know that Spotify does a rap for podcasters, but they do. And it tallied up how many minutes and how many countries and how much more I put out than the average business podcast and, and all of these things. And I just sat there and went, dang, I made a lot this year. And I was really lucky back when I was in my musical theater heyday, I was in a wonderful show called Fanatical that I was in several workshop productions of. And there was a song written for my voice, and I'm so proud of it, uh, called Look What I Made. And really, that's just it. It's just, hey, look what I made. And so for me, that joy is not only over 100 interviews of TLTQ, but now also this novella that is so something only I could create that I look at my body of work now and I just can't imagine my life without those two projects. And one of them is only a week old and the other one turns two on Wednesday. So, Hey, look what I made. That was just such a joy over and over and over this year. Amazing. And two, and they're both Sagittarius's. Oh, they are. Isn't that special? I think that's because I always wanted to be a Christmas baby, but you know, <laughs> I'm a Gemini, so good luck. Uh, so, Chris, what was your big joy from this year? Yeah, I think this is something I was reflecting on pretty recently, actually, um, with another friend, close friend of Charles as well. His name is Safraz. He actually might be listening today, so shout out to him if he's around. But what we were talking about recently was this idea of starting to advocate... <laughs> he's around. Um, starting to advocate for what you want right and i think like i'll give you the example so i'm a startup founder and i'm pulled in a hundred different directions by a hundred different people daily right it's always a customer investor employee like you know like strategic partnership somebody wants something and i always hear people say like oh yeah i'd love to start my own business so i can like be my own boss i'm sure everybody in this room can agree nothing is further from the truth because you are now like working for everybody right like everybody becomes your (laughs) boss you know um so I think there's like, it, like over the last two years, there's been this incredible pressure. Like, how do I please this person? How do I acquiesce to their demands? How do I make this work at my personal cost? Which is something that's very important in leadership, being able to sacrifice when it's right. But it's very easy to stop setting boundaries, go over that line. And this is something Safraz and I were talking about, right? Being able to stop for a second and say, what is best for me? And that doesn't have to be a selfish activity. It can be, but if you temper it and make sure you spend the time thinking about yourself and how that affects others, as well as thinking about others and how that affects you, you can maximize whether it's like shareholder value, utility, personal joy and happiness, like whatever you're maximizing for, you should definitely bring yourself into the equation. So again, something that I've only really been reflecting on recently, but I think I've done a better job throughout the year of, you know, integrating into my decision making, that would be my my joy, like, you know, call it standing up for yourself or, or thinking about yourself, but... That would be mine. Self-advocacy. Annie is Perfect. Annie is like smiling and giving you snaps. But self-advocacy, I think, is at the crux of why she does what she does. And uh, what do I, I say all the time? When you love what you do, it shows. When you don't love what you do, it really, really shows. So the more that you love, respect, and appreciate what you're throwing out into the world, the better. And and your your friend <laughs> now I, I I'm not trying to butcher his name so it's Sarfraz Ahmed said nice nice answer Chris appreciate the shout out and we appreciate you you joining us today so gold stars and wonderful joy for all that self advocacy woohoo okay Keith you get to follow self advocacy what was your biggest joy this year. Biggest joy was impact. You know, we we talk about the discipline versus going with the flow and what happens and uh, be your own boss because that makes you very successful, except everybody, you you answer to everyone but yourself. And I started the year, you know, I've been consulting. I've been consulting for a good eight, 10 years. 
And so I am not the boss. I'm never the boss. For me, if anything, I come up with some good ideas and things that help. So I had to measure it in terms of other people's successes. And when you use the word impact, which is something that I didn't think about until somebody called and told me that my December 1st business article, it's called The Boston and Maine Connection. I've been writing a business column for 10 years. And December was my 120th installment. And I started to scribble this, these categories together of you know what it covered. And the word community keeps coming up, strategy. I mean, it's almost a book, but we won't talk about that tonight. The other big piece of impact was to see on a couple of the projects that I've been involved in. You know, I came from content. I came from sales. And uh, sales, you, you do need to know the right ways to do it. It's, it's the consultative way. It's helping others. And I moved from sales and content to the thing everybody else is running away from, and that's the media, traditional news media. I've been a photojournalist, one of my many different hats. Why? Because the old school and the old way of looking at it is so far off base. You know, where do you get your news? You get it from TikTok. You get it from Instagram. We don't get it from a paper that's printed and you're behind by a week or a month. And I took on a media project this year. We saw a fourfold increase in an old print ink paper because we focused on community. Did the same thing in its exact counterpart opposite, 100% digital, no paper anywhere. And again, a two to fourfold increase in daily, weekly, or monthly readership, depending on which of these programs I was in. And that's that's impact. You know, it's uh, they take the credit, not me. I'm happy for it. But the strategy that went into it was on building. And and it's and I listened to, you know, Chris said it, Annie said it. Do I go more disciplined, or do I go with what? Ha-? You know, we've all said that in some way, shape, or form. And the answer is, if you're the leader. You do have to make a decision, but you also have to be able to change just as quickly if everything around you says it's not the right thing. Pivot, pivot, pivot till you get to the top. And great answer. And you know, my answer to that is what do I do when I'm I'm given all these opportunities? I say you go back to your mission and your motto, which is why we cover this in December. It's when you know who you are, what you do, what makes you unique and how you help, that gets to be your decision tree when all these opportunities come your way. Is it an alignment? Yes, then yes. Is it an alignment? Does it? <laughs> I don't know what that noise was. But if it's not a not a hell yes, a heck yes, whatever, maybe it, it but what is it? There are two schools of thought. It's either a heck yes or a hell no. Or it's, will it help you in another way? And that's another way to look at the opportunities. Okay, it's not going to be direct, but it's going to make me happy. And something that makes me happy is going to positively impact my business. So it's all, we're all pretty much saying the same thing. It's look to yourself and what is important to you and what joy, information, education you have to spread into the world. And make the decisions in your business path that are in alignment. That's nice. We set that up for you so beautifully. Thank you. you, I was about to say, I was like, man, you really just pulled that common thread all the way through. I love it. (laughs) Well done. But this is also why this is like the power panel to kick off the new year. I know that the three of you, the four of us, we're very passionate about what we do. There is a reason we are in the business we are in and we want to, it's not about us. It is about making the world a better place. And uh, Chris, you've probably, well, everybody's had their ups and downs, but given how the event industry has been like exploding and imploding and exploding and imploding again, what is that? This, How do you just keep that smile on your face? Yeah, well, Keith, you kind of hit it right on the nose, right? Pivot, pivot, pivot. Um, So, Deb, what you're talking about is absolutely relevant. I think it's the number one challenge that I had to face this year, like, to be a little bit more specific. It's the changing of our core market, right? So we're a platform that primarily serves virtual events. We're also used for some other use cases, like office space, team meetings, things like that. My WeWork lights are going off. But um, so, you know, we're also used for other, you know, other use cases as well. 
with that being said, our, our number one core market had sort of a pendulum swing to it. So during the, like we, we build and sell video chat products during the pandemic, you can imagine that was an incredibly relevant business, right? So it's almost like the pendulum was pulled all the way to the right on that to say like, okay, we're going to be full virtual events. My inbox was exploding, right? It was like 9am to 9pm. I had sales calls from people who said like, can you help me with an event in two days? Like, I'll just tell me where to send the check, right? So business was exploding for the last two years. Now, post pandemic, there's almost been like an overcorrection, if you will, towards like the in-person events, right? And as we now enter a recession, people are sort of saying like, hey, okay, maybe we shouldn't have to spend like X thousand dollars on catering flight tickets and hotels. So maybe we do need a virtual event. So we're starting to see that pendulum swing backwards, which is some of the things that we're preparing for 2023. But Deb, it's exactly like you said, this implosion, explosion, implosion, explosion. It's been a, it's been a very interesting challenge in the last couple of uh, months, especially. I think whether it's on the fundraising side and like calming investor worries saying like, hey, summer volume went down because all everywhere that we had like, you know, these... Uh, you know, virus mandates and restrictions have been lifted. There's an overcorrection to saying like, oh yeah, look, look, our sales numbers sticking back up. With that being said though, I think like all this can be wrapped up with a quote I heard from a, a venture capitalist a while back um, in his book. He said, I think startups have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows and everything is amplified by the lack of sleep. With that being said though, <laughs> right, everyone gets it. So with that being said though, you have to sort of think of yourself like an F1 or like a, like a you know, race car driver. Yes, you're going at 100 miles an hour. And yes, there are walls along the side of the track that if you hit, your car will shatter into a million pieces, not to mention yourself. But what do race car drivers do? They're aware of the walls. They focus on the road. I think that's really what it comes back to, right? Just, I know the walls exist. I know, Annie, you were talking about like old yellering the business. I was in a conference earlier this year and I was talking with a bunch of startup founders. Not a single startup founder I met said they hadn't considered it. One did. One out of like 150. But like, other than that, like majority sample size was... Yeah, like this might be the year. But that being said, right? Again, focus, know the walls exist, focus on the road ahead. Love that. And it's it's such a great visual too. And and even for me, so what what I've been doing lately is well, talking, obviously. But uh because my system for goal setting simplified, I discovered worked really well for events, figuring out, you know, <laughs> setting your goals for who you want to meet what you need to learn before you go to events to turn the time and money you've spent into leads and potential business growth, um, which is great because the only thing I love as much as goals is events. So very hand in hand. Um, but it's the end of the year and it's like, okay, it's goal season. So I get to be both me's, which is great, you know, getting people set up for the new year. But events, I felt, have always been important. And I think one thing that the pandemic really highlighted is they're important for everyone. They're important when you don't have them and you have to recorrect. And when you do know that navigating them in this new world, all the bounty that can come from them. But if you don't know how to navigate them, why why are you wasting your time? So I I love that the things are starting to rebound. And I think that's, the perfect world of events is that hybrid where you're always going to have some people who want to do in person. Um, but the accessibility of the virtual, I don't think is going to go away. So I think once people get tired of traveling, <laughs> there'll be a nice little resurgence. I don't know, Annie, you still go to live events. What are you thinking? <sighs> I mean, I go to live events again, <sighs> risking a tridemic now, goodness gracious, um, because that's how I use my extroversion for the year. I'm a very loud introvert, and I need to meet people quickly and connect with them deeply. And now that I have the luxury of sharing space with people again, I think it's important for me to do that. Uh, I went to a really incredible small retreat uh, that my business coach, Krista Grasso, put on, which was phenomenal. And I needed it desperately on multiple fronts. But I think that you're completely correct. I don't think hybrid is going anywhere. I don't think virtual is going anywhere. There are other times where, especially if I'm doing really tough work or creative work or emotional work, it's kind of nice to be able to eat your own food and pee in your own toilet. 
you know, like it's nice to be able to sleep in your own bed and pet your dog at the end of the day. Right. And so, and also from a cost effective standpoint, it is not always cost effective for me to fly to Topeka. Right. I don't know why everyone is everything I'm doing this year is in Orlando. I wish there was an option that I could just say, can I just automatically hybrid all things of Orlando? No offense, Orlando, but I'm over you. You know, it's, it's, if, if it weren't multifaceted, if me going wasn't multi-purpose, I would definitely choose a more hybrid role, right? And I think that's based on how we choose all marketing, right? Is this going to move one needle or is this going to move 15 small needles? And there's a time for both, right? There's a time for the one big leap that's going to shape you out of, shake you out of complacency, wake your list up, wake you up, whatever you got to do. The lack of sleep thing is very real and also terrifying when we talk about race car drivers because you know those guys get sleep, okay? <laughs> They're hurling themselves at those walls and focusing on the road, and they can do that because they have slept unlike most of us, right? So if I'm going to put myself on a plane, it better be multi-purpose. That is a small micro leap. But if I'm going to write a novella, which is a salespirational nonfiction, that is one big leap that's going to move something for me in that big way. It's just energy management of when you got to do the everyday risks and when you got to take the bigger leaps. And in startup, like Chris was saying, oh my gosh, yes, that pendulum is universal. We have a problem that is disruptive. Then suddenly everybody's doing it. So it's saturated and then it swings back into normal. And then most tenacious, creative and willing to pivot survive, right? So going through that rhythm of feast and famine and making sure that you know that each and every time that pendulum swims back, you don't go so deep into famine because you've made better choices, better risks throughout, right? Because we're going to swing no matter what. There are people out there that don't like Oreos, okay? Like, we don't know why stuff happens. It just does. <laughs> <laughs> So many wonderful things in there. And, but the thing that I'm going to zero in on, and then we're going to let Keith chime in on this as well, is the little wins are just as, if not more important than those big leaps and those huge wins, because those are what keeps you going. I'm doing uh, 23 tips to start 2023 now. This is my my series. So if you follow at the dev method, you can get almost daily inspiration throughout the month. But the first one is list your wins from 2022 because that's what's going to get you excited and motivated and saying, oh, I did all that. Well, no problem. I, I've got this. So in, in the list, little wins, big wins, any wins, they all count because again, we're still here. Yay. So Keith, thoughts? Well, any <laughs> anything. Annie saved the day for me when she said energy management, because I was about to shout out totally disagreeing about sleep and sleep balance, because everyone I work with who's passionate, nobody sleeps. Even if you sleep and you need a good full day the next day, if you're passionate about what you're doing, you're thinking of every what if, what if. And it's so, you know, no, it just doesn't happen. And going back to where this all fits for people who are leading businesses, and I used the word tipping point earlier. And tipping point is a real one. And events is a key piece to it. I really want to learn more later about what Chris is doing. Because unlike Annie, I'm not going out to large events. You put more than six people in a room and you're going to see me on screen. And I conduct business that way. I'm doing interviews that way. I've won awards that way. I like this office. Not that much. I'd like to be outside. But the reality is... To paraphrase what Annie said, I like the comfort of my kitchen, my bathroom, the choice of food that I'm using, and I save a heck of a lot of time uh, burning rubber on the road or flying all over the place. So I love the hybrid, and I think that's that's such an important piece of it. It's back to the noise questions that are out there. You know, with so much what's going on, how do I get it done? You make that decision. Do you stay? Do you go? Do you want to miss the most important in-person event? Absolutely not. So how do you deal with that? And that's kind of where the business that I've been in with the consulting piece has really grown tremendously 
looking for tools like what Chris has to be able to conduct business that's as real as in-person can be. You know, Annie and I were on a call together. Deb and I have talked frequently. Chris is brand new to me. Hi, Chris. But I'm comfortable enough to be on this screen that, you know, I see the body language. I see the laughter, you know, and, and those are the things that make a difference. And, and that's to me, the passion is what drives you forward. And those wins, whether they're big or little, as you started to ask, I thought you were going to throw another question at me. I always like to listen rather than answer questions. <laughs> you know, one one thing I can toss in on that passion thing, I think, is definitely customer responses. And this is, I was just like thinking through like, Deb, your question earlier about like, what keeps me going? Sure, like focusing on the road is number one. But I think like it all comes back to just like getting that one feedback email in the midst of like, hey, you know, like my internet connection doesn't work. Can you help me? Or like whatever nonsense you have to deal with and your customer feedback. But there'll always be that one email or hopefully multiple emails that say, hey, just like wanted to let you know that like for us, the event that we were able to host online was amazing. Like we didn't have the budget to hold it in person. We were going to cancel it. We decided to try a new software. It worked beautifully. We're going to keep going with it. Thank you for saving our event, right? Or like whatever it might be. I think my favorite feedback form I ever got was I'm going to name my son Gatherly, which like I need to like print out and like put on my wall somewhere. Like one of my favorite quotes. But um, anyways, no, I mean, like all, in all seriousness, though, I think it does come back to the the customer and Keith, what you were saying earlier about the impact, right? And or Annie, what you were saying about like creation and like seeing things like manifest in the real world, whether it comes as like a novella that you're writing, you know, customer interactions and customer feedback, it doesn't matter. That's like I think another thing that. I can always like go back to and say like, okay, it's not about me, right? As much self-advocacy is there, it's not about me. It's about the impact that's making, that's being made. And if that impact is continuing and I have the uh, opportunity to keep building it, amazing. Why wouldn't I keep doing it? One thing that that I've discovered, because we're on the little event tangent, well, I can make just about anything an event tangent. But when you're thinking about your business, it really is that mission uh, how can you help inform, educate? When you're approaching events, it's the opposite. Is a how can, what do I need to get from this so I can bring it back to my business and inform, educate, entertain? So it, it's a mind shift. But when you go to these, in, and I'm like Keith, I love the virtual world, my office, you know, my food, my Instant Pot. Uh, but the fact that you can have an impact virtual as well as in person is amazing. It's like, what did you mean? People used to travel all the time and spend all this time and energy. The fact that we can make these connections and you are all three friends that I've met because the world opened up so much over the last three years. So we need to keep learning and doing in meeting so we can learn, do, and meet more. I think on that note, I think I, most of the people that I've met over the last year and a half have been virtual. And I think I've been, one of the most interesting things about the pandemic, all the disaster and unfortunate aside, one of the you know silver lining benefits is I think a lot of people have learned how to make meaningful virtual connections, right? Whereas previously before the pandemic, it was very like, I would meet somebody in person and then we would develop a virtual connection when the time was right and it was comfortable. Now it's a flip, right? Like I develop a virtual connection, that virtual connection gets deep. Hey, by the way, I'm in Chicago, I'm in SF, London, whatever. Let's grab a drink, let's grab coffee, whichever you need more, right? <laughs> yes. It's so true, Chris. I had a guy show up on my deck and we had a drink on my back deck during the summer. We had only met and then continued conversations through online video calls. And he was passing through where I am and he called up and said, do you like wine? Do you want to get together? I'm going to be past, right? And it's, it is, and that would never have happened any other way than that right? huge global digital reach. Amazing. So now it's time to set some actual goals for the new year. Woohoo! And usually I start with the professional goals, but I feel like flipping it. So what a big personal goal do you have for 2023? And Annie, do you want to start? My big juicy personal goal 
is to get my salespirational, to use the dev word again, novella into the hands of 1,000 coaches or coach-identified service providers. Uh, I want 1,000 people to get it into their hands and to read it. In order to do that, I need to send it to more than 1,000 people. But that's my big, juicy goal. And I'm going to try not to plan how I get there. To go to the very, very beginning, I'm going to try to allow that thousand to unfold through dedicated, consistent, hard, weird work and not through over-strategizing. That's my secondary goal. Don't over-strategize how that thousand occurs. I have to ask, mm -hmm. this is a personal goal. Yeah. As opposed to a business goal. Yeah. This is plain. So it's my personal goal because what I'm going to require of myself to grow the most is to thicken my skin because I'm very precious about my writing. And so it is a personal goal and a business goal. My business goal is the same goal stripped down into a revenue goal. Okay. But my, my resilience is the goal. Right. And optimism is the goal and proving to myself how I can weather trolls and bad feedback is the goal, because I want to be a more fortified me when we have our fourth December party. OK. That, that is, is fair. And I think this is the point where I'm going to invite all three of you back for start 2024 now <laughs> next year. So that's one of it. my goals for the New Year's to have the three of you back so we can we can touch base. Um, OK, accepted personal goal. And then the professional element of it is because you started on that path, Annie. So you might as well finish the thought. The professional goal part of it is uh, filling the non-sleazy sales academy. We'll just leave it at that. But again, not over strategizing the method. Okay, that sounds good to me. And and again, you can go to sell coach sell and use the code Deb sent me to get your copy. So let's let's get you closer to that thousand from the show. Magnificent, please and thank you. Awesome. Uh, so Keith, personal goal for the new year. Okay, personal goal. This is the tough one. Because what I really, really want to do is carve out some cozy corner. This looks great, right? I've got the professional space. You don't want to see what's below the screen. That's the real turmoil that exists. And with all of that filing stuff, it takes time and energy to find the right pieces of paper or the, the file cabinet over here with all of these things sitting and waiting for me. And, it's, and if I can just have that space that keeps the organizational monster under control, so that I know when I'm working on project number one for this client, I just pull that out and it's all in one place. I mean, it usually is, but works in progress. I don't have a big wall. I don't have a giant architect's table to lay it all out on. So they tend to become verticals. That's why they call them stacks. And my stacks are here. And personal goal is to just have this point of calm where I could sit and write and do something with it. Somebody get this man a glorious cabinet. <laughs> I was thinking we need yeah, to cool. like Google Docs or Notion or, or Microsoft Teams or something. <laughs> Smoking like a startup tech founder, Chris. Chris is like, we can we can solve well, this problem with that. I won't tell you the one I use. It's an old, old line. They've been around for a long time. Don't want to disparage anything. But some of these cloud tools aren't fast enough to handle the passion. And by the time it sinks and comes back down, I'm in a bad mood. Oh, that's a great answer. I love it. Well, in Chris, something I know that they probably don't is that aren't are you or are you not the tech founder that writes everything on actual paper? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think I've said this before. My my engineering team had this like thing where like every week or so they would send me like a new software to try and get my note taking out of my notebook. Um, I have not done that yet, but this is for personal notes. Our team documents are all on Notion free branding for them, but our team documents are all uh, accessible. Personal documents, I have a slew of notebooks. As do Mine I. Color -coded. 
Uh, so your personal goal is your cozy space. Wonderful. Right. What is the professional goal? The professional goal is to take, and it came about because of two projects this year, plus 120 separate column writ, columns written. And so the professional goal is to take the passion to help others in those skills and to create workshops that'll make a difference, whether it's Ooh. open to a particular group or a vertical, or it's inside of a project where I've been hired and we've seen the success because I've set the framework or I've helped the founders or the leaders create that boundary that keeps them focused. And it, within that are the work, you know, are lessons learned that others can use. So I've thought of it in terms of workshops, a how-to, a quick checklist that you can work from, and boom, it flies. Nice. Awesome. Okay, Chris, it's your turn. Personal goal yeah. first. So it all it all leverages off of the theme word for next year. So as of right now, we're we're focusing on discipline, right? So the personal goal actually will come with huge support from my girlfriend, um, would be healthy eating because it's when you're traveling and when you're working until like whatever time, whatever o'clock at night and you get home, it's like, oh, do I really have time to sit down and cook, right? Or if you're traveling, oh, I'm at this conference, like I'm in a hotel somewhere, I have to just go across the street and pick up whatever food, right? So I think healthy eating specifically will be my personal goal, really doubling down on that and making sure that, you know, it's not just like, okay, what's on Uber Eats that I can get in the next 20 minutes before my next meeting. So that's the, the personal goal. Um, on the on the professional can, side, can, right? Can I just interrupt real quick? Yeah, I yeah. love whatever o'clock. <laughs> I, 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 I realized just now when you brought it up, that's something I say pretty often. I don't think anybody else does, though. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, well, please go on. I, I just had to call that out because I love that so much. No, I love it. Um, the the <laughs> So on the professional goal, it's, it's very similar. Of course, it relates back to the word, right? So focusing on discipline again. With respect to discipline, I think my one like team slash like startup goal would be alignment, right? And I don't want this to come at the cost of pivoting. But if you're pivoting, everyone still needs to be aligned in what the new target is. You can't have your entire team saying like, okay, I think this is the best objective, so I'm going to chase it. No, I think where the flexibility needs to come in is on how people achieve the goals. So what I view my job as with my company and like any team that I lead is very much like set the direction and make sure the adequate resources are there. How my team gets to the goal is a lot less important to me as long as they reach it, you know, under budget, under like, you know, within the timeline, even better. But alignment, I would say, which falls under discipline would be the, the professional goal. Amazing. And I love that your personal goal is actually like a personal. <laughs> yeah, goal. It, is, it is a very personal goal. <laughs> no, I love this. Have we talked about the Instant Pot and how it is life changing because you put no, in ingredients and it comes out meals? This, this sounds like it could be a perfect solve. <laughs> yes. Um, I will send you, I wrote this article, I'll put it in the show notes as well Instant Pot for Productivity. I love it because you you put it like even soup, you know, you put in the and I, I love making veggie soup, but also chicken soup. You put everything in there and then you've got like a, however long it takes to come to pressure and then another 15, 20 minutes for it to cook. And then when you're done, you've got like this reward because you have food. <laughs> this is perfect. Oh, man. I'm not, this is why we I like doing the show early because now I get to get a head start on 2023. It's perfect. This is the testimonial for you so deb started me the easy way with boiling with doing eggs in the instapot and then you progress from there so you have the small successes as you go are oh, you this actually, is amazing there's like a graded a graded system with it there's also are you actually of, using it keith a little <laughs> <laughs> there are a phenomenal amount of cookbooks that you can get from your local library that specifically make recipes for instant pot so there's like a whole like subculture with instant pots. Oh, <laughs> oh, like I live inches away from Little Italy or Little Italy, Little India here in Chicago, and it is like the hallmark of things like these sauces that take like days. I found a cookbook on how to hack them in an instant pot, and I have never felt like more of a cultural appropriator. But it is delicious and <laughs> this nutritious. Is phenomenal. It happens in about 25 minutes. So, like, yes, 
there is a whole subculture of Instant Pot. For sure, because it's old Ron Peel. You can set it and forget it. And also, most of them, not for nothing, double as slow cooker. So if you don't want your food right away, you can set it at the beginning of a meeting and come home to hot food. Even better. Deb, I'm sure this is what you expected for the, what you planned <laughs> out the show, right? Like, we were going to be talking about Instant Pots at the very end. Well, believe it or not, I don't think, Annie, you and I, as frequently as we talk, I don't think we've ever gone down the Instant Pot rabbit hole. I don't think that we have, and I think that's probably for the best, because I am also a high priestess of Instant Pots, and both of us uh, uh, have other things to discuss. So Definitely. We agree to agree. No, but but yes. Yes. There's also a ton of Instant Pot Facebook groups, and I remember one of... Did you, how do you not know this? How far does this rabbit hole go? I mean, look, let's try to take a business lesson out of this. There can be a culture for anything that beautifully solves a problem. And if you solve a problem beautifully, people will tell their friends about it, even if they have to pay for it. And even if it winds up derailing something as wonderful as a Deb Show holiday party, right? It just happens. But people do not want to keep secrets when it comes to things that change their lives. If you are putting something out there that moves a needle for someone, you can expect them to tell friends and isn't it better if you ask them to? So there's a business oh, lesson reined in on Instant Pot. I always expect to digress into food. It took a long time. <laughs> Usually we digress into we food there. much sooner. We were very disciplined tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this has been absolutely amazing. Uh, before we wrap, I would love for each of you to gift a goal to the audience. What is something that they can do to start 2023 now? Uh, Keith, what goal would you like to gift? Sure. So what I'm going to gift is, since passion comes into this a lot, whether you believe in the pivots or the tipping points or not, the one goal I would give and gift to people is when you've seen this recording or if you've watched live, Take something you're passionate about and do something to, even if it's just writing out the first three steps of what you'll do with it or take it, if it's part of next year, start there. Start with a passion project of setting up something that you implement the first step today, which is writing out a goal or three goals to make it happen. Take something you're passionate about and start making a plan. I love that. I love that step one is to make the plan. Amazing. Love it. And Chris, what goal are you gifting today? Yeah, I came prepared because I've noticed a trend every time I'm on the show. It's, it seems to always end the same way. Um, so I, I it's use, called you consistency. About, <laughs> discipline, consistency. Um, <laughs> Deb, you and I talk a lot about relationships when we, when we, when we do get our non-talk show chats. Um, we've talked about like relationships and how those are really important. And I I got to experience a gift that I got um, with a, an old friend of mine had just called me out of the blue, which is a very welcome surprise. And I don't know if I'm dating myself younger by saying this, but I don't receive that many phone calls from non-work oriented things anymore. My phone calls are my immediate family, my roommates when like they need to take the trash out or whatever. Um, and then like, you know, work. Right. So receiving a call from an old friend that I usually just text or like Facebook message or whatever was a very, very welcome surprise. So flipping it over, call an old friend that you haven't caught up with in a while, catch up with them, share that joy of, you know, Oh, finally, like something that isn't a telemarketer or work. It is a pleasant surprise when the phone rings and it's like a person. Cause that almost it's never a person, happens. Right. <laughs> actual person. I love that because it's going to make someone else's day and it's going to make your day. So it's like triple win. Exactly. Fantastic. Uh, If Annie could stop laughing long enough. My elder millennial butt just had this like sad Celine Dion moment the other day. I was like feeling so professionally lonely and I was having such a rough day and the phone rang and I was like, oh, someone is calling me. And I answered the phone and it was like, this is a prescription notification from Walgreens. And I literally just sat at my desk and I was like, all by myself. I'm so sad. So, yes, I I love call a friend um, because then you both get to benefit. Right. 
Um, but my gifted goal for everybody is say what you mean to say, uh, because so many times my clients come to me with copy that they have self-censored or toned down. And high on the cusp of my novella where I say only exactly what I mean to say. There is so much noise out there to use the word Keith started with. And to use another Keith word, wouldn't it be delightful just to say what you mean to say? So that's the goal I would like to give. That's amazing. Oh, you guys, this is just, it's so wonderful and really a fantastic kickoff to the new year or the early new year or however you want to call it what this is. Um, where can people find you? Annie, where can people find you? You can find me at sellcoachsell.com and use the code Deb sent me. Flawless. Excellent. And Chris, where can people find you? Uh, I respond to email best. Hit me at Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at gatherly.io. Gatherly, G-A-T-H-E-R-L-Y, dot I-O. Amazing. And Keith, where can people find you? They can find me at keithspiromedia.com, or email is fine too, keith at keithspiromedia.com. And... I am at the Deb Method everywhere, and you can go to thedebmethod.com slash blog to get the recaps from this and the really other amazing conversations I've had year-round with some just delightfully awesome people. I can't believe the year's over and that we get a new one. Isn't that, isn't it great how that works? One year ends, the next one begins. When you get that running start into it, even better. Uh, <laughs> before we wrap, um, what was I going to say? Before we wrap, do you have, because there's so many really amazing things you all have said throughout this conversation. Do you have just one final thought that you want to leave people with? to really get them in the spirit of December. <laughs> uh, Keith, what, what final thought would you like to, to wrap up with today? Pick a word or pick three words that lead you into your new year. And it's much better than any kind of New Year's resolution, which always falls by the wayside. Shout out to Chris Brogan, who got me started on this 10 years ago and is a master at that. But absolutely, if you pick one word, or some theme, you're going to win. Awesome. And Annie, what final thought do you want to leave people with? Self-advocacy! Amazing. <laughs> and Chris, what is your final thought? It could be a word, it could be a phrase. Both have been done. I was actually going to advocate for both of those two combined. But um, when you're setting your goals, make sure to set your goals and don't forget yourself. So I will be the, the bridge between the two recommendations, which I love. <laughs> Set your goals and don't forget yourself. Yes, because, well, first of all, we're here. Goal Chat Live, beginning of December. Any day, any week, any month is the opportunity to embrace change, set new goals, and make a plan to create the life that you want. So if you are watching or listening, gold star for you for choosing yourself to get, like, the best leap possible into the new year. Thank you, my friends, Chris Cherian, Annie P. Ruggles, and Keith Spiro for celebrating December with me. Whether you're watching or listening, we're glad that you chose us to spend time with today. And in doing so, choosing yourself and your goals, uh, go on out there and go for it. We know you can do it. And just a happy December. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.